I love being a grown-up. Being a kid is awesome, but being a grown-up is awesomer. And that's a grown-up word, by the way, awesomer. Being a grown-up is awesome because you get to be in charge. Well, at least most of the time, you get to be in charge. And some of the time, you get to choose who's in charge. There are times, of course, when there are people in charge that you wish weren't, but that's always true. At least as a grown-up, you get to make some of those decisions. You get to be in charge, and you get to decide who is in charge. This is something that we teach our children how to do as they grow up. First, we have to help them understand what it means to be in charge of themselves so that they can figure out who to give charge to. You probably do this or have done this with the children around you through the years. You've taught them what to look for in authority, what it is that makes a good leader, how to pick one. Because once you pick someone to be in charge, they are indeed in charge. And they might be in charge of you. My mom was an elementary school principal. And I remember a story that she told me more than 10 years ago. It was about this time of year, and a group of boys had been brought to her office because while at the playground, they had discovered acorns and how beautifully they fit in their seven-year-old hands and how easy it was to throw them at people. And this got them in trouble. So they were sent to the principal's office. And this little kid that had come to my mom was now the second or third in the mix that she was seeing, one by one, to talk to them about their behavior out on the playground. And she took it as an opportunity to make the point that had been emphasized, that they were going to emphasize throughout the year. It was on the bulletin boards. It was up around the school. Be in charge of you. You are responsible for yourself. And so she set out to make this point to this seven-year-old boy. And she said to him, who's in charge of you? And he rolled his eyes and he said, you are? And she nodded her head and she said, yes, that's true. I'm the principal and I am in charge of the school, but who's in charge of you? And he thought for a moment and he said, my mom and dad? And she thought, yes, well, that's true. They also are in charge of you. But who is in charge of you? And at this third question, because this was taking longer than the boys before him, this third question, she got down on his level eye to eye and used her finger to emphasize the point. Who's in charge of you? Who is with you all the time? Who helps you make good decisions? And he looked straight back at her and said, God? <laughs> she said it was all she could do to, from not, to not laugh. There was a truth in the answer, even though it wasn't what she was going for. And so she just gave it to him. No, you are in charge of you. You need to be in charge of your own actions. You do not throw acorns out in the playground. She had to drill the point home. But he was right, that seven-year-old boy. The thing is, he needed to know his own authority in order to know who to give his authority to. That's what it is to grow up, to know our own authority so that we know who to give our authority to, so that that person, that one, can be in charge of things. 
This is what Jesus is dealing with in his talk with the leaders of the temple. You might be interested to know that this is in the 21st chapter of Matthew, when the beginning of the 21st chapter, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. People throw down their coats and palm branches and declare, Hosanna, son of David. So here we are at the beginning of Passion Week as Matthew tells this story. And as Jesus enters in Jerusalem and is declared the king, he then goes to the temple and it is there that he turns over the tables of the money changers. The authority that they had was not theirs. What started off as a, just a simple transaction, something like just doing money exchange, like if you were going to a foreign land, had been twisted and been misunderstood. And Jesus turns over their tables to make the point that they do not have the authority that they claim. After that, he goes out of the region of the town and he looks for a fig on a fig tree and there isn't one and so he tells it to wither up and die and it does. And then he comes back and it's then that the Hebrew leaders, the leaders of the temple are saying to him, by what authority do you do these things? Who, and who gave it to you? Jesus has been doing ministry for already three years. He's encountered these folks before, either directly or indirectly. And he knows they have been given ample opportunity to know under which authority he does these things. And so he's not going to answer their question. Because they don't want to believe. They don't want to hand their authority over to him. And so he doesn't answer their question. It is important that we as grown-ups remember the authority that we have. We often forget, or maybe we just don't know. There could be any host of reasons for why we don't remember the authority that we have and claim it. But it is important that we do know it and claim it in order to give it to the right authority over us, in order to choose the right leader. We have to know the authority that we have. Maybe one reason people don't know the authority they have is because they have been taught through their lives to not claim it. If you're going to be humble, if you're going to remember your place in this world, then you need to settle down a little bit. Be careful that you don't claim any authority. Maybe if this is part of your story, you had some type of mouth on you when you were a kid. And people made it known to you where that belonged. And so you internalize the whole thing and give up some of your authority. To do that is like to hide your light under a bushel. You have authority. Whether you want it or not, you have it. Sometimes we don't remember our authority because we're kind of disturbed by it. It causes us a little stress. Because with authority comes responsibility and maybe we just don't really want the responsibility. So we try to forget that we have authority. But doing that is like being Edward Scissorhands and forgetting you had Scissorhands. You can cause a lot of harm when you forget your authority, when you dismiss it, when you try to minimize it, because you have it, whether you want it or not. So it is important that we as grown-ups claim our authority so that it can be used rightly, so that we entrust our authority to the right authority.
issue of authority is causing a lot of grief in Ferguson, Missouri. I don't know if any of you saw the paper yet this morning, but there were shootings last night in Ferguson. One of a police officer and one of a police officer who was off duty. Nobody died. Thankfully. But the police chief, when asked about the incident where the one policeman was shot, which was the end result of him walking up and seeing two youths on the side of the street, and he began to approach them, and they didn't want to be approached. So they ran, and he chased after them, and they ran into a secluded area, and so did he, and then he was shot. The policeman was shot in the arm, from what I understand. When the police chief was asked to comment on this, he says, I don't see any correlation between this and what happened with Michael Brown. I think he's wrong. He has forgotten the authority of the police. He is a part of the police. The police have authority. They can't minimize their authority. They have it. It's part of our structure of our social system. And they can't attempt to just be a friend. They are the police. And so with that authority comes a certain level of responsibility. And unless they recognize the level of authority they have, they will use it wrongly. They will be like Edward Scissorhands without realizing the scissors on their hands. Violence will happen. Eric Law is an Episcopal priest who did a lot of work on this, oh, probably 10 years ago, if not more, on calling people to recognize their authority so that they could invite others to the table. Because it is hard when you do not have authority to pull up a chair to a power table. It is the work of those in authority to offer a chair to those who do not have it so that they can come to the table and have their voice added to the conversation there. We have authority. Whether we want it or not, it really doesn't matter. We have it. And so the challenge for us is to know what it is so that we know who we want to give our authority to, who we want to trust as the authority over us, because we do that too. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we do that too. It's just what happens. That is the challenge that Jesus finds himself addressing in today's gospel. So he tells a parable. A man had two sons. He went to one and asked him to work in the vineyard, and the guy said, of his own authority, I'm not going. And yet he did, of his own authority. He goes to the other son and invites him to go work in the vineyard, and that son, of his own authority, says, I'll go. But of his own authority, decides not to. Jesus is saying to these challenging religious leaders, look, it's your authority to give to me. And when you give your authority to me, you know that I will use it well. Because I will use the authority you give to me to the glory of God, which is ultimately what we're about here. There's a prayer that's from Walter Brueggemann that I want to share with you. I received this book of prayers a few weeks ago, and I guess I'm going through a Walter Brueggemann phase because I keep finding really good prayers in this book. So I want to share with you this prayer, which is entitled, With You It Is Never More or Less. 
We will be your faithful people, more or less. We will love you with all our hearts, perhaps. We will love our neighbor as ourselves, maybe. We are grateful that with you it is never more or less, perhaps or maybe. With you it is never yes and no, but always yes. Clear, direct, unambiguous, trustworthy. We thank you for your yes come flesh among us. God, in God's authority, came among us as a yes to humanity, as a tangible presence among those of that time that God wants us, that God wants to be in relationship with us, that God invites us to give God our authority in exchange for his. Come to me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. God invites us to come and give our authority to him and tells us that the exchange is lighter for us. We ask for this every time we make the general confession because this is the sin of omission. It's when we forget the authority we have and don't claim it and give it back to God that the sins are committed. Sins of omission are not about what it is we meant to do, a kind gesture, or something on our, our to-do list. It's about forgetting what we have been given and forgetting in that how it is that we need to give that to God. And God forgives us, cuts us loose from the weight of our error so that we're free to go out and try it again, free to go out of this place with the authority we've been given, having turned it over to the authority of God in Christ. This is the good news. It helps us remember who's in charge of us, who is with us all the time, who helps us make good decisions. God in Christ Jesus does this. Thanks be to God. Amen.